The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. News when you need it. Fun when you want it. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad. It is at 2.35 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Just before the break, we were telling you that um, the trucking company that contracted the semi-truck involved in the Humboldt Broncos bus crash uh, has been suspended pending an investigation. Um, the Adesh Deol Trucking has been suspended indefinitely by the Alberta Transportation Ministry pending an investigation. Um, that was confirmed by uh, Transport Minister Brian Mason. They'll be working closely with the Saskatchewan government in this investigation, and we know it's going to take some time. Well, we've been told since this uh, horrific accident happened that it could be weeks, if not months, before we get a final answer on what was the primary cause or causes of this uh, accident. So I know everybody wants the answer. Everybody wants to know why. Uh, for an update on what we know so far, we're joined right now by Global Saskatoon's Adam McVicker. Hello, Adam. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, can you start us off? Uh, you've been on scene for at least a couple of... Uh, you've been there since Friday night. Since Friday night. Wow, good on you. Uh, man, how do, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. Maybe we should begin with, I know a news conference was held today, uh, uh, news availability. Anything new uh, beyond what we just said about the identity of the trucking company? Well, basically what today has been focusing on, of course, uh, students are back in school today in Humboldt. Uh, a couple of schools were closed yesterday to give people time to reflect and to, to take time to grieve. But today was big on uh, getting students and staff supports that they need to do their job, bring back some sort of normalcy to life. Because, of course, a lot of these Humboldt Broncos players are students and classmates of a lot of these people at the schools in Humboldt and their friends and uh, coaches and, of course, their team obligations. They did reading for children around town as well. And so the big thing was getting those supports in for the students um, and staff uh, and letting them know that that's available for them if they need it. So support for the students and staff was a big thing uh, that was focused on today. Seems like such a monumental task right there, though, Adam. I mean, where do you, where, where do you begin with that? Well, that's the thing. Uh, you know, that's one thing they were talking about, that, you know, maybe it's not... It's not it's normal for people to be, you know, looking forward to doing math and science, but to bring back just a little bit of normalcy to ease people back in is one step in the healing process. Sheldon Kennedy has been out here all uh-huh. weekend long in Humboldt, and and I just want to say, number one, a very a class act. He's been talking to absolutely everybody uh, in the building and listening. Mostly, he's been listening. But one thing he did bring up, because of course he survived the 1986 Swift Current Broncos bus crash, is that. He said that these things take a lot of time. It, 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 it's not just today. It's not what's going to be happening this week and when the nation's eyes are on Humboldt. It's going to be what's happening after mm-hmm. all the media leave, and we're noticing that already. It's a lot quieter in town now, and it's all about what's going to happen over the next little while here to make sure everyone's doing okay in their grieving and has an outlet to, to talk to. Uh, I'm interested to know, Adam, uh, since you have first-hand uh, knowledge of this, the various undertakings that we've seen just uh, organically evolve, the hashtag put your sticks out, the GoFundMe page, which raised so much money and continues to raise money. I know that those things are not the focus of those individuals who live in Humboldt, um, but is news of that the talk of the... I mean, is that at the heart of conversations? Are they aware of it? Uh, and how do they feel about it? 
Well, basically, Sunday is when a lot of the people of Humboldt got the taste of what, how big this became, because, of course, the Prime Minister was here. Uh, Ron and Don, Ron uh, McLean and Don Cherry, who, you know, a lot of people in this town, they know quite well from their living rooms on Saturday <laughs> night. You know, there's, there's there, a lot of people were here in town. Thousands came out, in fact, to, to, to the vigil, and that's when people got a real sense of, wow, there's a lot of people supporting us here, based on, you know, who is here as well. But, of course, all the social media, everything, people are seeing this here. They definitely can see this. They're aware of it's out there, and it is helping. Seeing all this spread across the world is helping these people out here. Must be um, a, a, a myriad of emotions there between being ang- like anger, sadness, confusion. Can you explain what the feel is like in, in Humboldt right now? A lot of uh, everyone I ask, I, I say, you know, I've, I've been talking to a lot of people. Um, making, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I say hi to a lot of people here too, and mm-hmm. how they're asked, how they're doing. And when I say how are they doing, they say good, but you know, that's like that's kind of the feel right now. You know, they're 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 doing okay. Some people doing a little bit worse than others. Trying just to cope is, yeah. is what, what what people are trying to do right now. Just cope with what's going on. There is a bit of anger. There's there's a bit of there's mostly sadness. Just confusion of. And the, just the question, you know, how could this happen? Um, but one major thing a lot of people have been saying is, you know, we can't, we can't be pointing fingers here at anybody. It's just we have to try to cope and, and deal with what's happened. You know, Adam, this might put you on the spot a little bit, but I'm curious uh, to know because, again, you are there and talking to the people of uh, Humboldt. Um, I know that all media, not just Global and Chorus, has been very careful and methodical in releasing information and avoiding the temptation to speculate, but on social media there isn't that same constraint placed upon people. There's some fake news stories out there, there's a lot of speculation out there, Um, and and to be honest, there's a lot of trolls out there who are just using this as an opportunity to be completely disgusting and inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Is, Is that getting to the people of Humboldt as well? I think we're at the point now where the big national media was there, international media, they're slowly but surely pulling out. At some point here during this week, the people of Humboldt, they're, they're, they kind of, they're getting to the point now where I think they kind of need a little bit of space. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they definitely, uh, from what I'm hearing, they, they, that's the main thing from the people within Humboldt, not so much on social media from what I'm hearing. It's mostly just in the town, of course. A lot of people have come in from all over the world to, to cover this. And I think, you know, as the national eyes and the international eyes moves off of Humboldt um, over the next coming days and next coming weeks, they're kind of looking for some space to heal together as a community. And I think that's very important. But as for what's happening on social media, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. A lot of people are seeing the positive side mm-hmm. on social media. I was just talking to a few people today who said they tweeted something out about somebody in the crash and, and their phone, they had to shut it off because it wouldn't stop <laughs> so I'm notifying them that people were retweeting and liking and, and favoriting and, and everything else you can do uh, on social media here. So there's, there's been a lot of that, but as for the negative stuff, I, I'm not 100% sure how much they're seeing, but, you know, it, there's some positive out there as well. Adam McVicker has been covering the the crash for Global Saskatoon since Friday night, joining us on the phone this afternoon, and we really appreciate you taking the time, Adam, because we know how busy you have been. Um, what has happened at that intersection now? Everything's cleaned up. There's what's what's going on there did i read that they've agreed to put rumble strips down so 
what I'm, from my understanding, I was there on Friday night when the crash happened. They had a barricade about two miles out. It was dark. We couldn't see anything but the cherries and the uh, on uh, the lights, I should say, on, on the roofs of the, uh, the emergency crews. We went back on Saturday to see, and you could see the, the crash and, and uh, the wreckage. So what happened was they cleared the wreckage uh, on Sunday evening, I believe, or Saturday into Sunday, because I went back to Saskatoon, had the chance to sleep in my own bed on Saturday night. But they, they, they cleared the wreckage on Saturday night, and so now it's, it's basically just a growing memorial. There are still things there from the bus, though. There's still things on, on the ground there, um, but the major wreckage is all gone and just remnants of the crash now. But there's a lot of tributes uh, coming uh, and being set up there now. Hmm. Uh, I'm curious to know as well, you've mentioned that emotional, psychological help will be needed for these individuals moving forward, and particularly after uh, the the world's media, uh, this starts to drop out of the news cycle. What, what What's your sense of what people like like our listeners can do, or what's your sense of what people in Humboldt would like us to do? I mean, basically... Uh what people have been doing has been incredible. That's the sense I'm getting. You know, the GoFundMe now, I, I can't even comment on what it is now because I haven't seen it in, in a couple of hours, and I'd imagine it's grown substantially over the last two hours. Um, so, the, uh, you know, the, just that, that kind of support. I know the SGHL, they just established the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League Assistance Program for players, future players, uh, for, the, for the, the, every team in the league for mental health supports and for grief counseling. And, you know, they're, they're accepting donations to that. Federated Co-op uh, partnered with them for that, donated $150,000, and are matching donations up to $500,000. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the financial stuff uh, on the side there, that's, that's helping for sure. And, you know, seeing that social media support, that is, def- that is definitely helping out. So as for what the people here in Humboldt want, I mean... I, I'm not 100% sure. I, 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 I think they want a little bit of closure and they, they want some time to recover. That's what, I think that's what they're looking for. $7.6 million is where that GoFundMe page sits right now. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely incredible. It's been uh, over 95,000 people have donated in the past three days. Um, have, has there been any talk of um, the start of, of funerals, Adam? Um, one I can confirm um, right now. Uh, I've, there's been some talk of some, but one I definitely can confirm. Uh, Evan Thomas, there's a memorial for him planned for April 16th, 1 p.m. at Sastel Center in Saskatoon. Uh, he is a player from Saskatoon. I've heard some more things about perhaps a vigil in Stony Plains, Spruce Grove area. I'm not 100% sure on the, the, the exact information around that, and we're hearing about a few, but as of right now, and I'd imagine over the next few days here, that's when we're really going to start to see some more information here on, on you know, memorials and funerals and, and things along those lines. Adam, once again, want to thank you for joining us, and I do hope that you're taking care of yourself as well. I'm working on it. Thank you, Jalen. I really okay. do appreciate you guys talking to me. All right. Take care now. Keep up the good work. Um, Adam McVicker from Global Saskatoon. Wish we were talking to him under different mm-hmm. circumstances. He's done a great job uh, covering this tragedy since Friday night. Is working on a story for tomorrow as well. Uh, by the sounds of it, will be very interesting. Um, there has been a list put out about where you can pay tributes to the victims of the bus crash. Um, 
And uh, we'll do it here at home. As he mentioned, Stony Plain, two former members of the uh, Parkland Athletic Club, Parker Tobin and Connor Lucan, uh, were killed in the crash. The club's going to hold a ceremony to honour their lives and retire the players' numbers. That will happen Wednesday. So, so tomorrow, April 11th, at the Grant Fuhr Arena in Stony Plain from 6 to 8 p.m., again organised by the Parkland Athletic Club. In Edmonton, Mm-hmm. Um, the Canadian Athletic Club is going to be hosting a public gathering and open skate to honour the uh, Broncos and everyone affected. Uh, organizers asking for a $5 donation for those who want to skate, which will go towards the Broncos organization. No one will be turned away, though. That's Thursday, April 12th at the uh, Canadian Athletic Club, which is uh, 14645-142nd Street from 7 till 9.30. And in St. Albert, the uh, mayor of St. Albert says plans for a public memorial are in the works. More details will be released in the coming days. For right now, books of condolence have been set up in the lobby of St. Albert Place at 5 St. Anne Street for people to write down their thoughts and their messages. There are some more memorials taking place in B.C. and in Ontario as well, again, right across the country. I want to make mention as well, and nobody's done it uh, intentionally or with any uh, intent of disrespect, but of course, as uh, people characterize their feelings about this uh, accident, um, they talk about the boys, the men, uh, mm-hmm. but there is a woman among Dana. Uh, those, uh, Dana Bronze. She was the trainer for the uh, Humboldt Broncos. She is still in hospital, uh, recovering, and I think it's just worth mentioning. It's, again, and it's not meant to be disrespectful, and I'm sure you and I have done it mm-hmm, over the last mm-hmm. 24 hours. Uh, talked about the young men and and uh, so on. It's not, but it wasn't just men. Dana Bronze, uh, the trainer. Uh, and I know that uh, Todd McClellan, when he was uh, doing he his avail, specifically, specifically brought up her name and just uh, said words to the effect that just because she wasn't a player doesn't make her injuries le- any less significant or important. So did want to mention that name again, Dana Bronze. Uh, and typically, you know, for a team like that, the trainer is typically a volunteer position. And I don't know that that's specifically the case, but that's just an important component of a sports team. She was on the bus with the rest of the boys and... Um, you know, our hearts go out to her and her family as well. Coming up right after 3 o'clock, we'll talk with an athletic trainer who has been with uh, hockey teams from the um, the Atlantic Hockey League all the way up to the Edmonton Oilers um, and has trained some of the boys that were on that bus. We'll do that after 3 o'clock. We'll take a break here, come back with more right after this. It is uh, 2.51, and uh, Chedville, once again, I make a mistake, you correct. It was reading from a piece of paper that had incorrect information on it. You're right, Grant Fuhr Arena is in Spruce Grove, in Spruce Grove, where that uh, memorial service, uh, that ceremony is going to be held on Wednesday, tomorrow night from 6 to 8 p.m., organized by the Parkland Athletic Club. So the Grant Fuhr Arena in Spruce Grove. All right, there you Spruce go. Spruce Grove. I didn't know where it was either. Well, I think I knew where it was. I was just reading that yeah, it was on yeah. a piece of paper. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Get handed a lot of pieces of paper in this, uh, you in this sure, job. You yeah. sure do. Speed reading is a definite asset. Well, it <laughs> can be a detriment at times as well, let me tell you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so... Um, I'm struggling here a little bit because I don't know if that uh, is confirmed, that news. No, yeah, so we'll not. just leave it uh, okay, we'll right leave now. This uh, this story, and we, I think we have enough time if we do it right now. One of the, one of the um, players, we've heard about him, uh, Ryan uh, Stras... I, I can't say his name properly, Strasnitchy. Um, he 
uh, is a defenseman from Airdrie, Alberta. He is the young 18-year-old who has now been paralyzed, it appears, uh, from the waist down. His parents, his parents talked to Global the other day, or actually last night, and here's what they had to say. He's strong. He's, he's a fighter. Um, he's determined to get well. And uh, we've been overwhelmed with all of it, but we're there. It, the prognosis, uh, the doctors are optimistic, cautious? He's paralyzed from the chest down. Chest down. Um, when they told us, <laughs> Ryan just looked at us and goes, Dad, Olympic sledge hockey, I'm going to get us the gold. Are you kidding me? No. Almost. I couldn't fall apart there. I had to be strong for him, but just that kid's amazing. And those other kids are amazing also. He lost some good friends. Yes. Is he dealing with that okay? I think he has his moments, but he's trying to focus on the here and now and the boys that are here. And he just wants to be able to see them and talk to them and, um, and visit. But he, he can't get out right now, but yeah. he asked just actually before we came here if he could hop in a wheelchair and go boot around, and uh, he said not yet, so. Being strong is a part of the hockey culture. Does part of you worry that he's working so hard on being strong that he's not really processing what has just happened to him? A little bit. We, we know he's going to have his ups and downs. Um, they all are. But uh, yeah, he doesn't show too much on the outside yet. He does keep looking at the picture of the bus, and he runs through in his head where everyone was sitting, and he does have survivor remorse of going, if I sit in there, I wouldn't be here. If I sit in there, I wouldn't be there. And we're like, Bal, you're going to have that. you got to be able to talk about it. His um, main thought when he was lying on the, the road looking at everybody and he couldn't move, he just he said he wanted to help and he, he couldn't move. Um, and, and he yeah. remembers all that and was hoping he wouldn't, but he does. So obviously uh, another challenge. I, I don't know if any of the other boys remember, but again, the, the sur- survivors will be Bronco brothers forever and they will never forget their fallen brothers. Where were you when you got the call, and what did you do? We were at the neighbor's house, um, just visiting, and um, we hadn't heard anything about the accident, and Tom got a call from one of our friends who's a scout, um, and he told him that he'd read it on Twitter, and then Tom said, oh, we got to go home. So we waited and waited and waited, and it felt like... Forever? Yeah. But because of the carnage, you couldn't call anybody. And then uh, when the Ryan's uh, that yeah, uh, called us and three hours later after and we were just hoping and didn't know and he goes, Tom, I, I'm with Ryan, he's alive. And I believe you dropped to your knees and I hunched over and I went, can I talk to him? He goes, no, there's too much carnage here. I'll try and call you later. And then... Three, four hours later, we found out he was in uh, the Nippawan hospital, and the game, they gave Ryan the phone, 
and all the ranks I was, hi dad, I'm sorry. And I was like, wow. Bell, you're alive. Yeah. That was just hearing his voice and uh, not knowing what the end result of it all was, but um, it was everything at that moment. And that's the parents of Ryan Strasnitsky who's in hospital, believed to be paralyzed from his waist down, 18 years old. He's a defenseman from Airdrie, Alberta. And uh, his dad, Tom, saying when they told us, you know, Ryan just looked it up and said, Dad, Olympic sledge hockey, I'll get us the gold. I don't even know what to say to that. Strength. Yeah, that's just a wow that's just wow. The 6:30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6:30 Chad.